Oh, you got to be listening tonight to me and my kumbari teach, Jeff Flack. He is talking news with you so his ratings don't dive. It's the moment you've waited for. Here comes Jeff Flack's live. The left really hates him and he's ready to fight. But the joke's on them because so does the right. Here comes Jeff Flack's live. You can't top him. Don't try to stop him. Here comes. He's talking news. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. We got to stop it this week. No Jeff Flack's live. No. No, 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 not this week. This week is a special edition of Jeff Lax Live on Thursday night. It is Alan and Jeff Live, and we're co-hosting. So, I, you know, I wanted to have some co-hosts on, and the most popular guests I've had, two of the most popular ones were Alan and Erica, so I've invited them both to co-host with me. I've never wanted to host the show alone. That's never been a secret of mine. I always think two people radio shows are much better. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come right back with my guest co-host, Alan Skorsky, right after this. No Jeff Lacks Live. Alan and Jeff Live tonight. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. We're back on Jeff Lacks Live on 620 AM WSNR and streaming live on TalklineNetwork.com. And as always, our Twitter address is at Jeff Flax Live. Tweet us at the show. We will read tweets on the air. And you can call us at 646-926-4699. 646-926-4699. So tonight's very exciting because uh, we've been talking about this for a while, that I've, I've wanted to get someone to co-host the show with me and have some guest co-hosts uh, join me on the show. And, and the number one, the top co-host, the number one person we have is a friend of the show, a friend of mine, Alan Skorsky. Alan, welcome. And you ready to go? Jeff, it is a pleasure to be co-hosting with the man who they call Jeff Lax Live. Who calls me that? Only me. I call you that. <laughs> I call you that. Well, you're a big fan of, I think, my theme song, right? Well, you know, since you brought that up, uh, that theme song, you had asked me a while back to listen to a few different versions to see which one I like most. Yeah. And ever since then, every time I walk down the block, I am humming that song oh, in my head. It. Come on. And I'm sure that you have listeners who, <laughs> who they have that, you know, where they can't get a song out of their head. That's what happens to me. <laughs> I could be, I could be in the middle of davening and all of a sudden I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> my kids actually do hum it, which is hilarious. Sometimes I'll just walk in the room and they're humming the Jeff Lax theme song. My wife and I are. Dying. It's a very, it's a very hummable theme song. It's a horrible and, you know, song. You can just, it's a terrible. No, song. it's not. It's got a great beat. I, I play the cartoons in my head. <laughs> Jeff Lax live. You know, punching out. You know, liberals and and, and progressives. <laughs> nah, you're, Jeff Lax live is a superhero. No, it's objectively terrible music, though. I mean, it's objectively terrible. It's not meant to be great music. It's meant to be a. Uh, parody of radio shows from like the 80s and 90s you know that right but it's very catchy though and that thing has got a very catchy beat <laughs> all right i hope so you know what i'm curious to hear from the listeners if they want to call in 
uh, tell us what you think of the, uh, the theme song. All right. So we got a couple of things on topic, uh, on, on sorry, topics that we want to discuss. So you sent me a list before the show of things you want to discuss. So let's go through that. The first thing you sent me was, uh, how the media basically is, uh, you know, an arm of, uh, the democratic party helping out the government. So, you, you know, what, what, what's your thought on that? Why don't you open that up? So, you know, this is not a new allegation. For years, Republicans have said that Democrats are in collusion uh, with the media and they're anti-Trump, anti-Republican. But it's never been more painfully obvious. And we know it because Dana Milbank from The Washington Post was on CNN and writing articles and op-eds how the media is treating Joe Biden as worse than they treated Donald Trump. Laughable. And I, I fell out of my chair when I heard that. And I'm thinking, you know, let's let's review, shall we? Four years of the media accusing Donald Trump of colluding with Russia. And every day, if you watch CNN or the other networks, he's going to be arrested tomorrow. And they would, they all gleed and they were all giddy as Roger Stone and Paul Manafort were all being arrested. They accused him of coddling dictators. They accused him of wanting to tear up our democracy. They compared him to Hitler and Nazis. And this wasn't just, you know, low life media, you know, personnel or people on Facebook. We're talking about people like even Devorah Lipstadt, who now is who's going to be confirmed as Joe Biden's anti Semitism czar, who after the last election said that rejecting the outcome of an election is akin to Holocaust denial. Yeah. And she supported the campaign ad produced by uh, Haley Sofer, who was one of those Jewish Democrat activists, I forgot the name of the group, defending her right to put out a commercial that compares Trumpism to Nazism. And, that, they they, an- and Alan, hang on, I just want to build on what you're saying. Did they call Biden a white supremacist? No. Did they call uh, Biden Hitler? No. Do they call Biden a... Uh, uh, what do they call a misogynist, a homophobe, a xenophobe. So the idea is so laughable. It's beyond the pale. I mean, it really is just beyond the pale. Dana Milbank is a joke. I mean, he is a total, total fraud. And even worse than him was the host, Brianna Keller. Now, you sent me an audio clip uh, that I want to play now. So because I don't want to move on before we play. Let me, let me play this clip and we'll continue to talk about it. This is Brianna Keller and Dana Milbank. I think the Post and CNN have done better uh, than the average uh, on this, but I don't think it's anything we should all be uh, celebrating because, you know, I, I mean, we are the, the media as a whole. Uh, look, I think the, the coverage should be very much lopsided the other way. Here's somebody who is, you know, trying to uh, restore the organs of democracy, uh, and he's getting beaten up just as much uh, as the guy who is tearing it all down. But it's not it's not the job of the reputable news outlets to compensate for like the crap that a Breitbart mm-hmm. puts out. Absolutely not. We can't we can't do that. Uh, the best we can do is each of us, uh, you know, do our jobs uh, in the best way we know how. That's what I'm trying to do. I know that's what you're doing here. I sort of I looked at your this analysis here and I thought if you consider that this is one big atmosphere that all of these media outlets and I don't mean news outlets I'm saying media because some of these were not news right. outlets. Right. It's, it's a loose a loose definition. Right. But if you consider like what all of these outlets are breathing into the atmosphere mm-hmm. right say um, negative or positive you get a sense because a lot of people do consume Breitbart as if it's news, even if it isn't. So this just sort of speaks to, I think, what is out there for consumption. And, and it is negative if you're looking at these these this analysis. How funny is it that she calls CNN a real news outlet? 
<laughs> How funny is it that she called Breitbart crap and uh, and her uh, network, uh, you know, media. Uh, Breitbart is a conservative news site. It's an information site. It's not uh, objective media. They have a conservative bend, and that's not a right. secret. Right. Whereas CNN purports to be an objective, uh, you know, news site. Uh, if you remember, yeah. uh, during the Trump administration, the Washington Post had a department dedicated exclusively to counting how many lies Donald Trump would tell. And to them, a lie was anything that had a kernel of untruth to it. For example, if Donald Trump said something like, oh, I signed the biggest tax cut in history, but the truth revealed that it was the second biggest tax cut, that went under the lie column. When Joe Biden came into office... Uh, they basically said, you know, we're shutting down this department. Um, the Washington Post, it also includes Dana Milbank, it includes Jennifer Rubin. They spent four years parsing every word that came out of Well, and not only mouth. that, and how many times did they report? I mean, this was in every outlet, every day. Trump falsely states this. Trump falsely says that. They, I mean, they never, I have never, not one time seen that with Biden. So the idea that they're using some kind of an EI, uh, sorry, AI, to say right. that the, the coverage of Biden, it's, it's total BS made up fabricated AI because they're probably not counting the falsely said that they probably count that as neutral because it's like fact finding. But what's hilarious is all those times. And again, they didn't, they don't ever do it with Biden or anyone on the left falsely said this without, uh, without any, um, uh, proof said that, you know, without any evidence said this, but here's the thing. What makes these news outlets the final word, the judge of what's true and not true? What's what what pisses me off the most, the most, Alan, is that they don't even cite any proof when they call something false or, you know, misstated. They don't even cite, they don't even bother to to show what proof they have. Remember in the olden days, Alan, the way they used to counter something that was controversial or maybe not true was they would say what someone from the other party said, you know, this side said this and the other side says, well, wait, hold on a second. That's not really accurate. Now they become the arbiter. They become the truth finder without evidence, without citation. That is what pisses me off the most. Jeff, you want a great stat? How many times have we heard that the mainstream media is objective and truthful and Fox News is a shill for the Republicans, especially Donald Trump? Well, during the Trump administration, you know, there is the Columbia School of Journalism that monitors media coverage of every president and their campaigns and their candidacies. What they uncovered was that roughly um, 90 to 95 percent of all media coverage from the mainstream media on Donald Trump was, again, roughly 90 to 95 percent negative, three to five percent positive. You know what Fox's uh, positive negative was? What is Between it? 53 to 50 percent. Right. That's the network that's that's in the tank for Donald Trump. The network that had roughly 50 50 positive and negative, while everybody else, you know, was in the 90s negative. Well, I don't know. Um, I don't know how they measure this stuff, but it's all total BS. We know it's BS. If you have eyes and ears, you know what's really going on. Right. But let me tell you what is the scariest thing, and, and I mean this not hyperbole. You know, in dictatorships, whether it was the former East Germany, uh, the Soviet Union, North Korea, uh, Russia, Iran, those are all government-controlled media. They report what the government uh, t 
tells you to report. Here in America, we now have the media working hand in hand with the Democrats. They drive the, the news. They drive the agenda. They drive the truth. They hide what they don't want you to know. Uh, as an example, look at the Biden Hunter laptop story. You had big tech blocking the New York Post from reporting on Hunter Biden's laptop. The New York right. Post is not Breitbart, and I'm not, you know, chiding Breitbart, but they are a they're a legitimate news outlet. They're not a conservative opinion, even if their their op-eds lean right. And this is what's happening in America today. When you have uh, Dana Milbank saying that Joe Biden is trying to restore our democracy, Let, let's take a look at that. Let's look at what the Democrats are trying to do. One, they're trying to end the filibuster. Two, they want to stack the Supreme Court. Three, Nancy Pelosi wanted to lower the voting age to 16. Now, we know why that is, because if you have high school students who can vote, they can take the day off and they can arrange for school buses to take every kid to go out and vote Democrat. You have open borders going to certain states. Why do you think the Democrats keep saying that one day they're going to turn Texas blue? And don't because forget, Texas don't forget, is on the border wait, of Mexico. Wait, you left something out, Island. What about Puerto Rico and D.C.? That too. Right, and they want to make those states so they can add more Senate, more uh, Democrat senators. So talk about tearing up our democracy. And when Dana Milbank says that Biden wants to restore it, Joe Biden wants to uh, mandate vaccines, which is certainly against our Constitution. Here in New York City, uh, the city council is going to vote to allow 800,000 non-citizens to vote. Now, they're saying, well, it's only going to be for local elections, not state. Even if that was true, that is still so, it has to be unconstitutional. It cannot be ethical. It cannot be legal. But let's say it passes. I guarantee you, today it's just local elections. Uh, in the next four years, it'll be, well, it works so well uh, in local elections, now we can go statewide. And it's going to keep going. And then other Democrats are going to pick that up in their states as well. How long the Democrats how long are will tearing it, up our democracy. How long will it be, Alan, until citizens are not allowed to vote and only non-citizens can vote? Well, you know what? Uh, since you brought that up, the New York City Council, uh, one of the Democrats wanted to make it, wanted uh, the um I've got the exact wording, but they didn't want Republicans to have the right to vote for who the speaker was going to be. Or maybe white so people should be heading. allowed. To, maybe white people should no longer be allowed to vote. We have too much privilege. We have too much privilege, and America is inherently racist. <laughs> uh, you know what? <laughs> there, but hang on, I want to go back. The future I can see. We're jumping but, around uh, too much. I, I want to go back to one mm -hmm. thing you said earlier, though. I want before we get on to, we can talk yeah. about the voter thing for sure. Obviously, I agree with you. It was totally unconstitutional. What what a joke! I mean, you might as well let the whole world vote. Why don't you let Russians vote? Why don't you let people from Iran vote in our election? What, what's the difference? You know. But I want to go back to what well, you said about Dana Milbank and Brianna Keller. Because uh, Dana Milbach, multiple times in that interview, he didn't just say Biden's building back democracy. He was much worse. He said multiple times that Trump was tearing down democracy, tearing down democracy. I really wonder whether he views his segment as also negative for Biden. Uh, <laughs> let's go a step also? further. Yeah. Donald Trump was probably the most media accessible president we ever had. Now, whether for him, he just enjoyed going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Jim Acosta and the rest of those nimrods. Whatever his motivation was, it was. But he was always there for the media. You saw he always had you know, his, uh, his um, press conferences. He stood there for hours sometimes taking questions. When he was uh, going to board Marine One, so I took questions. Whereas Joe Biden... 
turns his back and walks away and he says, uh, I'm going to get in trouble if, uh, if I take too many questions. And yeah. he walks off stage. Right. Talk about a guy who's evading the media. Talk about, this is a guy who hid in the basement during the entire campaign. Yeah. And the media, because their objective was to help him get elected, uh, they want to refute charges that he wasn't vigorous or strong. So they would show him going out ordering an ice cream and not tripping over his shoelaces. And look, he ordered two scoops all by himself and he didn't even have to, nothing spilled on his shirt. And that's how, that's how vigorous he was. Whereas when Donald Trump was president, now think about again, media bias. How many hours did the media give someone like Michael Avenatti? How many hours did they give Michael Cohn? How many, how many times did they have so-called MDs, doctors on their show to diagnose Donald Trump while on the air. Talk about media bias, talking about tearing up our Constitution, talking about trying to overthrow our government by accusing the president of colluding with Russia. And nothing happened to Adam Schiff or nothing happened during the hearings to any of the witnesses who came forth trying to say that Donald Trump uh, tried to either silence people or you know, fire whistleblowers. James Jim Comey, Peter yeah. Strzok. I mean, what has happened to our country? Right. We've lost our collective minds. And again, it's always the minority. It's the radicals. Now, you think that AOC or, or Elizabeth Warren, does he just fly by nights? They're here to stay. Yeah. They have tasted what it's like to be in power. Now, they never, ever go away. But they, they were always biding their time. And now you've got a whole generation of AOCs threatening incumbents either go along or we'll primary you she will be um, she they're not will giving be, up their power she i hate to say tell this to you uh, alan she's going to be the next senator in new york um put it this way uh she will definitely be something above where she is now she's gonna i'm telling that, there's you no question i'm of, telling you she's gonna primary schumer and she's gonna win you will see <laughs> you will see you know what i i've learned that uh Anything is possible. There was once upon a time where I'd say you're crazy. Well, New York now has I say, gone you know full-on Marxist. Uh, that's why I say that. I mean, New York yeah, has gone crazy. Full is on not Marxist. crazy anymore. Uh, you know what? New York City certainly is. Um, the rest of the state, it's hard to say. But you know what? She's charming. She's attractive. She's media savvy. You know what? Crazier things have happened. She's going to be Schumer, and, that, and that's why Schumer has. Uh, 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 you know, I was going to use a word I shouldn't use on the air. Let's put it nicely. Okay. Let me put it nicely. Yeah. That's why I have no respect for Schumer anymore because that's why he no longer supports Israel. So he's a disgrace. That's a nice way that I'm going to put it. Let's move on. Now, to the, you think yeah. about this. Just yeah. think about this. Schumer, Steny Hoyer, Nancy Pelosi collectively have been in Washington probably close to 100 years. Yeah. And I'm not exaggerating because on, on average, they've been there, what, at least 20, 30 years or more. Right. How is it that they're so, how they've been so cowed? By these freshmen, by the squad, by, you know, the progressive caucus. How is it that Nancy Pelosi wants to strip Lauren Boebert of her committee ships and condemn Islamophobia? But a few years ago, when there was a bill introduced to condemn anti-Semitism, she wouldn't let it go to the floor because it was going to single out oh, Ilhan absolutely, Omar. Absolutely. It's a total, so, you know, hypocritical disgrace. That you condemn one and not the other, just total disgrace. Yeah, let's let's move Jews out. need to yeah. be afraid. Americans need to be afraid. Everyone needs to be afraid. I, I agree, and they're not they're, they're not afraid enough. They don't understand the real danger here. Mm-hmm. Let's go on to Lori Lightfoot. I know you wanted to talk about Lightfoot blaming business owners for for not taking responsibility for theft. So let me play the audio clip that also you sent me. So let me let me pull that up and we'll talk about it. 
some of the retailers downtown in Michigan Avenue, I will tell you, I'm disappointed that they're not doing more to take safety uh, and make it a priority. For example, we still have retailers that won't institute um, plans like having security officers in their stores, uh, locking up uh, their merchandise at night, chaining high-end bags. These purses seem to be something um, that is attracting a lot of attention on these organized retail uh, theft units. Now, before you go off on her, in her defense, <laughs> in her defense, mm -hmm. let me just say one thing in her defense, it's possible she may have been dropped on her head as a child. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to say something else. So here's why <laughs> I sat there and my jaw hit the ground. Number one, uh, every campaign I've ever watched since I could vote, everyone running for mayor, for, for whatever office, they always campaigned on they were going to be tough on crime. Right. Here is the first mayor to say, I want retailers to be tough on crime. Now, let, let's go back, Jeff. How long ago was it that Kyle Rittenhouse was convicted by the media and the court of public opinion that was driven by the media for being a vigilante. They're still doing now it. Now she's telling store owners to be vigilantes. Yeah. Now store owners That's have true. to be there with guns. Jeff, right. what's going to happen if a white store owner shoots a black kid? Yeah, I, I, I don't even know where to. Honestly, it is so moronic and offensive. Her comments. I mean, really. So you need to pay for private security, and then she's talking about securing items better. I mean, who the hell is she? First of all, she doesn't believe in privatized business. She's a Marxist. So to begin with, the whole thing is ludicrous because she doesn't believe in private businesses. And she doesn't believe in white-owned businesses. And she doesn't have meetings with white people. So <laughs> Look at what's happening in San Francisco, Jeff. You have security guards who can't even stop burglars in there. And, and then you have DAs who won't even prosecute people who are arrested. So what are her guidelines? Be vigilant, but don't shoot or don't stop them. And if you do stop them and they somehow get arrested, uh, you know, the DAs will let them go anyhow because they didn't steal over a thousand dollars worth That's of merchandise. Right. That's a hundred percent right. How bad how bad is it that you and I, even though we have not stated this, but that you and I wish that Rahm Emanuel came back to be mayor? <laughs> That's how bad things are in I Chicago. don't know. I, listen, I'm I Rob Emanuel. I'm not sure I would go that far, but it's but it was he better than her? Yes. I mean hundred yes. times better, yeah. yeah. I agree, but I but I'm no fan of Rahm Emanuel. But oh, yes, no. I mean she's but a no, complete it, the, the larger point was is that Chicago has gone so far into the oh, toilet yeah. that Rahm Emanuel you know actually looks like a legitimate mayor. Well, this is the trend. This is New York, this is Chicago, yeah. this is California, that's what's happening. That's why people are moving. Yeah. That's why people are moving. That's why New York lost seats, congressional seats. Uh, but yeah, and I mean, that's why yeah. your prediction might actually come to fruition. She will be. She there will is be there, there is talk. There there is talk that uh, they might cut out AOC's district or carve it oh, up. Oh, interesting. Well, then that's that's, right. that's going to leave her with one option. She goes after she goes after Schumer. Well, the only reason the reason I'm so sure of it, to be honest with you, is because of what she did with the vote on Israel last month when she abstained instead yeah. of voting no with the rest of her lunatic friends. So yeah. uh, that, I thought that was a very significant sign. She understands there are still Jews in New York. Not all of them have fled yet. So she understands she needs to get some Jews to vote for her to win the Senate seat. And that's what she that's why she was playing that game. She wants to show that she can shift, I guess, on the issue a little bit. So And you know if yeah. she does run, she's gonna tout her somehow I don't know how many generations it goes back, but she has touted before that she has Jewish ancestry. Oh really? How far Is that back true? it goes, okay. but 
I, I didn't check it out. I did not go to, was it, um, dot DNA.com, but one yeah. of those things where they can go back and check your history. Yeah. Um, no doubt she's going to play a game, but you know, listen, uh, you know what? Like you said, New York is in trouble. Uh, and I warned everyone, you know, Rudy Giuliani was the last great mayor. Bloomberg picked up a little bit of, um, you know, where Giuliani left off, but after him, it was all downhill. And, uh, you have got Eric Adams, who is no great shakes. He's, uh, probably a hundred times better than Bill de Blasio, but a hundred times zero is still zero. Um, so New York is in big trouble. Uh, California is another state. You've got a terrible governor. You've got uh, Gascon, who's one of the worst DAs in America. And, uh, you know, they've had one recall against them where they tried to, and they fell way short of even getting enough signatures. But now finally you have sheriffs and, and the police department saying, we're going to get rid of them one way or another. Uh, but you've got other DAs on the record. You have the, the DA of Wisconsin. Uh, this was, you know, where you had the uh, uh, the Christmas parade massacre uh, just two weeks ago. Uh, his name is John Chisholm, and, and here's what he said about, you know, no cash bail. He said, "Is there going to be an individual I divert or I put into the treatment program who's going to go out and kill somebody? You bet, guaranteed. It's guaranteed to happen." So the DAs know that the people who they let loose are going to go right back out. They're going to they're going to commit more crimes. They're going to be more victims. But you know what? We have to have equity. And we have too many people in prison, especially too many people of color in prison. So we are no longer a country of law and order. That's it. America used to be a you know country where there was quality of life, no matter where you lived. Um, I, I don't want my kids walking in New York City because you never know when one of them is going to get smacked, get attacked, get mugged, get robbed. You saw what happened in California the other day in the wealthier areas where uh, people just brazenly walked into homes with guns and stole people's jewelry. Yeah. And now, finally, some people in Hollywood are saying, you know what, maybe this crime thing isn't such a good thing. It's no longer happening to regular people. Now it's happening to us. Well, there will be a backlash at some point. Now, hang on. I want to talk about all this stuff and get back to this. But I have a big job for you, Alan. you got to take us to break. Can you do that? We'll be right Ladies back. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back after these commercials with Jeff Lacks Live. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network. The voice of the Jewish community. We're back on 620 AM WSNR and streaming on TalklineNetwork.com. You can tweet the show at Jeff Lacks Live. And uh, I'm back here with my co-host tonight, Alan Skorsky. We were just talking about, oh my God, so many things. Lori Lightfoot and the media obviously uh, acting as the Democratic Party arm. Um, we didn't get to... We, well, we started to talk about the Soros-funded DAs. We can continue on that. You can pick the topic if you'd like. Uh, we have... Let's see. Here's what I have on my list here. Smollett, the Soros-funded DAs, uh, non-citizens voting in New York, and government mandates for vaccines. You pick. Well, so we did... We left off with the Soros-funded DAs. We talked about what uh, the DA from Wisconsin is on record saying, basically acknowledging, yeah, some people we're going to let go are going to go out and commit more crimes. Oh, well. Um, but I think that Gascon, George Gascon from Los Angeles, is absolutely the most dangerous one. Um, something that has always, and again, I wonder about this because we are such a litigious society. And I, I wondered, when you have someone like George Soros, 
Now, you cannot punish, obviously, you cannot sue uh, someone for giving money and enabling a, a candidate to do something. But what if you're somebody who's giving money specifically to fund a candidate with an agenda that you know is going to lead to people getting hurt? How is that not something that someone can be held liable for? I mean, you know, Jeff, as an attorney, if your kid, God forbid, gets into an accident with your car, you will get sued because you lent your car to somebody else. If you're a doctor and you recommend a patient to a specialist and they sue that specialist, the doctor is going to get sued for, you know, for recommending him. And how is it that in this country where everyone sues at the drop of a hat, you have someone like George Soros who is purposely funding DAs who are going to be soft on crime, knowing because the DAs have admitted it. They know that they're going to let people out and there will be additional victims. How is someone not saying we need to hold George Soros liable? <sighs> That's a very interesting. Boy, you really... That's a damn good question, Jeff. Well, it's a tough <laughs> it's a tough question. I mean, that's a very tenuous legal argument. I I'm tempted to think about it more and maybe even look some stuff up, but that's not a simple I, that's that's a you know in 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 the law they call that remote or you know you you need to have what's called proximate cause in the law which is a close connection between the wrongful act and the injury suffered and I think that would be considered too remote to go after Soros again I'm not defending by any means Soros who I think is one of the most vile people on this planet so don't get me wrong at all uh, sure. but but no. suing him for that I tell you what is not tenuous. The actual DAs acting in the way, if you take that guy Chisholm in, in Wisconsin, that guy is an utter disgrace. And I think he should have been at the very least removed from office, possibly investigated internally, and maybe he should be prosecuted or sued, at the very least sued. Because what you he You always want yeah, yeah go ahead, I'm sorry. Well what go he ahead. what he did, okay, letting that guy letting a guy who ran over his girlfriend with a car already get back onto the streets and drive the car again. Someone who I think was also accused of sexual assault of a minor. I think he impregnated a 15 year old girl, that low life scumbag. And he's out in the streets and then mows down six people in a car. And on top of all that, he had jumped bail already. So he shouldn't have given bail in the begin, been given bail in the first place. That is beyond the pill. I mean, listen, yes, Joros wanted a person with that philosophy, but it's a tough sell to me to blame Soros for the actual acts that the DA undertook. But I think what he did was so evil, was so beyond the pull, was so derelict that he should be investigated for what he did. He should have been fired, quite frankly, for what he did, in my, in my opinion. And DAs that act that way, and I do think he can get sued. I do. I think that the six lives that were lost, or was it seven now? Six or seven lives that were lost because of that moron, I think they should sue him. So I thought that that elected officials somehow they are insulated because otherwise you could sue every member of Congress for malpractice. But again, though, even going back to Soros, let me tell you why I think this way. Uh, in Michigan, you know, there, you had the shooting in um, at the, in Oxford, Michigan last week, and now the parents are being held liable for involuntary manslaughter because they bought the gun for their son, knowing he was disturbed. And again, I, I'm being careful about this. I don't believe you can hold donors responsible for giving money to a candidate who then goes, no. you know, uh, you know, off the rails. But if Soros is intentionally funding DAs, and he's funding DAs who will not prosecute criminals, 
then he is certainly then he's a contributor. It's not like you gave money to the president and you didn't know he was going to declare war. Right, right. You know, that's something else. That, that, that's speech. But this is action. What would happen, Jeff, if I went out and, and, and bought you know, a gun for somebody who I knew was going to go out and create a, uh, commit a crime? Of course, I'm lying. Well, that's a little I mean, different. I mean, that's different. That's not what happened here, right? He didn't. This guy didn't. I mean, I also I also want to back up. You said something. Uh, let me clarify what I meant. I didn't mean sue this guy Chisholm personally. I mean you sue the state for derelict behavior that led to the loss of lives. Yeah. You can always sue the city or the state. So yes, you're right. There are certain levels of immunity. But even though there are limits to those too, by the way, you can do something that's so horrific that you lose immunity yep. in a lot of, in a lot of situations. But I do want to clarify: I didn't mean suing him personally. I did say it that way, but I didn't mean that. Yep. You're right. I meant suing the state. Uh, but in terms of Soros, uh, it's an interesting. You are intriguing me with your thought because it is an interesting argument. I still think it is very very tenuous. And unfortunately, not not, uh, not something you can really actually do unless the one thing I would say, though, is and I suspect this is happening. If Soros is funneling money illegally and secretly to campaigns, which I suspect he is, and there's a lot of reasons why I suspect that. If you look at the 2020 election, and we don't have time to go into it here, but I did a, I did a very um, in-depth look at some of the data in that election, and I suspect there was a lot of very fishy under under the uh, under the covers funding going on there that was not legal. Uh, we can go into that another time, but if Soros is doing that, that's something else. You can have campaign violations. You can have all sorts of fraud issues that involved there. But I don't know that you but can it, blame him for the crimes of Ch- or for, or so for civil wrongdoings mm, of Chisholm. I don't think so, or other DAs. You know what? I would love to see an elderly attorney who's been around the block and who you know they've been around and they have the time to investigate this um and again it's not because i'm litigious but only because i feel so strongly that soros is behind this i mean he's the one oh he is pulling the string it's not oh, like it's not like you know you run out checks to the dnc and then you leave it to them to give whoever they want to right. when you're intentionally and again i don't want to beat a dead horse and i don't want to bore the audience with this but to me just soros is doing this intentionally and with specificity yeah, He's not no just giving money to, to, oh, to yeah. Democrat DAs. Yeah, he he wants he wants fewer people in prison. I don't know. It's just my thought. And, and, that's, you've got and that's not even yeah. And that's not even the end of the story. We we know that it's across. He's trying to destroy the country. Let's be honest. I mean, really, let's call it what it is. He wants America as we know it completely destroyed. He doesn't believe in borders. He doesn't believe in capitalism. Even though that's what made him who he is. So, I mean, right. you know, he's, he's a horrible person. What he's doing is despicable beyond the pale. Um, no friend of Jewish people, despite his uh, background. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, but I don't But But I, listen, I wish that you could find something he did that was criminal to make him stop. But I, I don't see it from this particular example. Let's move on to Smollett, Alan. I don't know how much you've been following this. I find this case so bizarrely fascinating. It's like a train wreck that you can't not watch. I mean, this guy, so he, he commits the the fraud of the hate crime century, right? And now he goes out, and I thought the, the, the craziest thing was 
that he got on the stand. I mean, any half decent lawyer knows if you have a client with a crazy story that makes no sense and his story made no sense, he said he's going out for eggs in the middle of the night for his training um, and that he was training with these people who were beating him up. And with one of them, he claimed he had a sexual relationship and the guy says, no, I've been straight my whole life. I mean, you can't believe a single word that this fool says, and he's a total fool and his lawyers are even worse because they should know better and not put him on the stand. So I don't know how much you followed it, but I think he will get convicted, but I'm not sure how strong the punishment will be. So, Jeff, here's what I suspect. This Jesse Smollett is not on trial here. America is on trial because this is this is going to become a, a gay and racial uh, issue here. Smollett, um, right now, America is very much, you know, between critical race theory and and the, the polarization. Smollett has supporters who are saying this is all about race. Remember, he alleged that he was attacked by two guys saying this is MAGA country. Now, if you want to believe that at two in the morning, there were two Trump supporters in Chicago that votes 80 percent Democrat and they just happen to have a rope on them and they just happen to have bleach on them at two in the morning and they ran into him of all people. OK, then you know what? Then, then you'll buy anything. But what they're going to try and do, they're going to try and put the entire system on trial. And that's what their angle is. This is more than just Smollett. He's an actor, and he can play the audience. You know, he's, he's a smooth guy. He's a charming guy. So what they're going to do here is they're going to turn this around on, on the system. Uh, you know, you mentioned before about removing DAs. Uh, Kim Fox was the original DA, and she was removed because she's the one you know who didn't want to prosecute him right, initially. Right, right. Well, Smollett's a dumbbell. I mean, he might be a good actor, but he's a dumbbell. And and quite frankly, the things he said were so ludicrous. What he was doing out there, the fact that he put the noose back on his head after it had been taken off, the fact that he said he had all this, these injuries, and the doctor who examined him found no injuries whatsoever. I mean, it, the, you. Can't can't believe a single thing the guy says and keep in mind something else alan 11 jurors are white there's only one black juror so if you think this is going to be about race i don't know that's another bad thing his lawyers did if you were his lawyers wouldn't you want more black jurors didn't go didn't do a good job Uh, and and that's why but see here's why it works in their favor because if you've got white jurors convicting him you make it it's about race. If you have black jurors convicting him, then they can't play the race card. This <laughs> you, falls, this uh, plays this plays right into their hands, Jeff. But they don't. But they, but they don't want him convicted. They want him to get off. I mean, I understand that, but they yeah, don't but, want him convicted. But you know, you're right. They don't want him to get convicted, but they know <laughs> that this case is so weak that if you're going to lose at least get a win out of it. It's a very weak case. I can't believe this went to trial. I thought they would have settled this. I mean, I thought he would have pled out, really, honestly. By the way, did you see that But then guy? his career is over. At, yeah, but then his career is oh, over his if career, he does that. Oh, yeah, that's true. But I think it's over anyway. You don't think his career is over? You know what? You want to deal People with People are too like afraid that? today. Uh, this is how, you know what? Hollywood has to keep up their their image. Well, they cannot. But Kaepernick, they cannot Ka- let Kaepernick go has no job still. Because he's a troublemaker. People don't want to deal with it. Yeah, but he's still getting the endorsements, and he's well, still richer well, than you and I else. are. Nike is a moronic company, so yeah. you have idiots. By Correct. the way, did you see the Fox News Christmas tree being burned down? 
I did by a homeless guy who had a rap sheet, drugs. And you know what? When I saw that, the first thing that came to mind was this is not a matter for the police. This is a matter for psychiatrists and social workers because he's a mentally deranged homeless person. And, and also the New York Times reported it as Fox News tree catches fire, you know, like car hits six pedestrians. <laughs> yeah. the typical New York Times yeah. crap. And you talk about the media yeah. being uh, uh, this is legit. This is our legitimate media nowadays. Right. Alan, we're running out of time here. So, uh, you know, you want to say, what do you want to say to the audience in the final minute here? Well, you know, I, I want to thank your audience. First, I want to thank you for allowing me to be on. Uh, I want to thank your audience for continuing to listen to your show, which is vital. Uh, you have a very important voice and you have a great audience. And, um, you know, tune, tune in every night because Jeff Lax is going to bring you the news that you're not going to hear on other stations. And that goes the same for you with the, the definitive rap. And uh, hopefully we'll see more exciting and new things to come in the future from you. And it was a lot of fun, Alan. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Pleasure, pleasure. Talk Line Network Radio, America's longest running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Really curious to hear your thoughts on how you think it went with me and Alan. Did we have chemistry? Did it work? What do you think? Give us a call at 646-926-4699. Tell us what you think about the show. Should I have Alan back? I thought he was great. What do you think? Next week, we'll have Erica Shackney on co-hosting with me. And maybe we'll have some more guest hosts. And maybe we'll have them back. So uh, let us know what you think about that show. We definitely want to hear your, your feedback. Again, 646 926 Four six nine nine. Today marks three hundred days, three hundred days since the EEOC fully substantiated all of our claims that we brought against Kingsborough CUNY for discriminating against uh, Zionists and observant Jews on our campus. And CUNY, KCC, and the union, who was also one of the respondents, have done nothing. Nothing. I put out a video today. I, I really urge you, please, please go on Twitter. And follow the account that I'm one of the founders of, Safe CUNY, at Safe CUNY. Stands for Students and Faculty for Equality at CUNY. We are a group that recognizes that Zionists and observant Jews have been systemically discriminated against and excluded at CUNY, and we advocate for them. That's what we do. So please go on at Safe CUNY, at Safe CUNY. Watch the video that I put on. It, you'll, it'll tell you the story. I map it out of what happened at our campus and how they discriminated against Zionists and against observant Jews. And also how the EEOC arrived at their determination. So I really urge you to do that. It's so important. We need your help. We are vastly, vastly, oh, you know, if it was funny, I would say laughably outnumbered. It's not close. The only thing we have on our side is the truth and the moral high ground. That's it. And in today's day and age, if you've been following what's going on in the world, it's not enough. It's very sad. But it's the truth. It's just not enough. President of my school, who I sent the video to, and who I sent an email to, and maybe she's listening to the show tonight. I hope she is listening. If she's listening, President Schrader, you have devastated me. You have devastated me. Because you promised me personally and directly on an email two years ago, maybe more than two years ago, that once these investigations were over, you would act. And you would act in a just fashion to make it right. You've done nothing, President Schrader. In fact, all you've done is retaliate against me. 
she put out a campus survey that was supposed to be anonymous. And it had my name. One of the leaders of the radical anti-Semitic faculty members wrote that the problems on campus are because of my action, which I was vindicated on and won on behalf of discrimination against religious Jews and Zionist Jews. So you've devastated me, President Schrader. I put a lot of hope into you. I had faith in you. You've let me down. It's, it's a real battle to fight as hard as some of us have been fighting. You go through hell to get to the point where you actually can prevail at the EEOC. And then when your supervisor lets you down, even after you win, even after you're vindicated on the merits and doesn't do anything about it, boy, is that heartbreaking. Boy, is that devastating. Terrible. Horrible. I, I really hope you'll rethink what you have done because it's shameful and it is bigotry. I'm sorry, President Schrader. It's bigotry. It's anti-Jewish bigotry. Anti-Zionist Jews, anti-observant Jews. Your inaction is a disgrace. Hey, I may get fired for this radio show. She knows about it. I told her about it today. I could get fired. Why would I expect any less for her doing nothing when the EEOC of all places fully substantiated all the claims? She has done nothing. Shame on you, President Schrader. Shame on you. Coming to the end of the show, Alan, you are awesome. Thank you for coming on. Hope you'll come on again. Next week, we have Erica Shackney on, and maybe we'll have Alan on again soon. Have a Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Have a beautiful weekend, and we'll see you next week.